Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We value the Bible and believe it is important to teach it clearly, remaining true to its central focus of announcing and applying the powerful and transforming news of Jesus. In short, we exist to help all people know and grow in Christ. Our hope is this teaching will do just that. Lord, here we are gathered in your presence. And as we have heard the scriptures read and as we have heard the songs sung, this time is a time of participation. So Lord, I pray that you would touch our hearts and our minds so that together we would come and adore you. You are worthy of all the glory. You are worthy of all the honor. You're worthy of all the praise. Would you touch our hearts and our minds so that as we reflect on your coming, as we reflect on your goodness to us, we would just adore you. We would just adore you. Would you take a moment right now to just reflect on God's goodness to you and respond to him? Lord, we adore you. We honor you. We praise you. We love you. We thank you for coming. And we thank you that your coming changed everything for us. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Christmas Eve. The year has come this far. And we give God thanks. My name is Winston Miller. I'm the pastor of Grace Life Church. And I want to welcome you here again to Riverside Church, where together we have the opportunity to celebrate this Christmas Eve. And we're looking forward to Christmas Day tomorrow. I pray that you're having a wonderful time with your family and with your friends, and that God gives you uh, everything that you need in this season to remind him of his goodness toward you and his love for you. We're going to go into the word of the Lord, but before we do so for a few minutes, I want to just go over a few announcements that we have. Um, number one, as I mentioned, I, I am the pastor of Grace Life Church, and if you've been with us for the past few weeks, you know uh, that we made the announcement that on January 15th, we are looking forward to what God is doing, the culmination of the coming together of Grace Life Church and Riverside Church to be one church. And we believe that God has led us together. We're better together uh, in order to see God do what he wants to do through us right here in this community. And I'm so glad because Pastor Brian Brookings is going to be my pastor. And so for all of you who had had that privilege for so many years, I met somebody today who's been a part of this church for 18 years. I've met people who have been a part of this church for 40 years, and some of you who have just been here for three months. And I am just so grateful that I'll have the opportunity to call this man my pastor as well. Love you, Brian, and thank you so much for the investment that you've made in my life. If you want to find out more about this coming together between Grace Life Church and Riverside Church, you can go to the website 954church.com 
And uh, just right on, the, uh, right on the front page there, you can click on a link that says questions and answers, takes you to a frequently, ex frequently asked questions page. Uh, and we want you to find out as much as you can about our coming together there. If this is your first or second time, or this you've been just coming with us for a few weeks, I want to know that we want to connect with you. And so you can simply text the keyword connect uh, to the church's phone number, 954-737-4723. Did I get that right? All right. I'm going to have to learn that, right? And if you're online, you can find a link in the chat. Uh, you'll get a reply with a link to fill out a Connect card. We want you to fill out as much of that as you possibly can. I'd like to say that if, you'd like, if you have a prayer request and you'd like someone to pray for you, you can also uh, do that on the Connect card. And we have several teams that are praying for you throughout the week. So now we're going to continue in our worship by giving our tithes and offerings. These are our gifts to the Lord want you to know that you are under no obligation um, or guilt to give. This is something that we do as an act of honoring and worshiping our Lord because of how good he has been to us. It's a response that we have to him. And so we'd love for you to give Riverside Church and Grace Life Church. There are ways to give to uh, both of those churches. If you're Riverside Church, text the keyword give to the church phone number. Uh, or you can go to the website and give there as you feel led to do so. If you're Grace Life Church, you can text an, an amount to give to 84321. Um, or you can also, for both of these congregations, you can give via an envelope in the back. And I just want to thank those at Grace Life Church uh, for giving and being so generous and helping to provide gifts for a number of children in our community. Uh, we've been able to identify through uh, another organization, a number of the neediest children in Lauder Hill and some of the surrounding areas. And so uh, we were able to find out the gifts that they wanted, not just the gifts we wanted to give them. And we were able, through the generous generosity of several people, to give gifts to those kids. And we're still able to give uh, to that fund, to the Santa's Wish List Fund. Um, so if you would do so at Grace Life, uh, fl.com, you can do so there. Here at Riverside, we've been collecting donations towards the Christmas year-end offering, and the goal is to raise $150,000. And this Christmas offering is about the mission that God has placed all of us on in the church, to love every person, love the whole person in our city to the glory of God through gospel word and deed. Is that a mission that we're on? All right. And so the money that we're raising this month is going to, sell, uh, it's going to help us to meet that need, to serve our city along the parallel tracks of economic development and also investing in the lives of the next generation through our outreach youth program called The Bridge. And so uh, tomorrow is Christmas Day, and just because we're having service on Christmas Eve doesn't mean that we're not having service Christmas Day. So I want to welcome and invite everyone to join us for Christmas Day service tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. Full child care will be provided. And then a week from Sunday, we will have New Year's Day service here at Riverside Church. Join us at 10.30 a.m. for our New Year's Day service. 
And so now I want us to just for a few minutes go into the word of the Lord. And I'm going to ask if we would just pray one more time. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Uh, Just love the songs that we have had the opportunity to sing, the scriptures that have been read. Would you open our eyes and open our ears to hear, to see wonderful things in your law. And may we respond. May our hearts respond with joy in following you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, about 10 years ago, I began to see life in a totally different way. What I mean is, I couldn't see the same anymore. What I mean is, I went to the optometrist, and I said, I'm not sure why, but it just seems that when I read, I need a lot more light than I used to need. And if someone will just turn up the lights bright enough, then everything will be okay. And she looked at me and she said, how old are you? And I said, I just turned 40. Why? She said, you need glasses. You don't just need the light turned up. And I was crushed because I had 20-20 vision for so many years. And all of a sudden, my life changed. And from then on, the way I see life has changed. And in some way, in some ways, because of my new progressive lenses, I can see now better than I ever did before. And I just want to talk to us for a few minutes about seeing the world through a different lens. Seeing the world through a different lens. Throughout this Advent season and on this Christmas Eve, as we continue to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, I think about the shepherds that we sung about and that we read about in the Gospel of Luke, who were probably living a rather monotonous life. Every day was just about the same as the day before. And then I think about that night that changed everything for them. That night, angels appeared to them, filling the night sky with all of their beauty and their glorious, bright radiance. And they were praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom God is pleased. And one of the angels told them today, a savior has been born. The Savior, who is the Lord, the Messiah, the Christ, he's been born, and you can go find him. And he's not in Jerusalem where the kings would normally be. You can find him in the city of David, in Bethlehem, as a newborn baby. He's tightly wrapped in cloths to keep him warm. You won't find him in a large royal bed with a bunch of royal attendants around him. You'll find that His loving parents have laid him down in a stone animal feeding trough, in a manger. Doesn't look like the place for a Messiah. Doesn't look like the place for a king. But it is. And in order for the shepherds to see the reality of that moment, that this baby is the Messiah, that this baby is the King of Kings, the Lord, the Savior, They had to see through a different lens. And God sent the angels to the shepherds to help them do that, to see life, although it seemed obscured as it really was. And 700 years before Jesus Christ was born, 
God gives a man by the name of Isaiah a prophecy for the nation of Israel. And Israel had strayed away from their God, and they'd been conquered and occupied by a nation called Assyria. Their reality at the time was occupation and oppression by their enemies. Life was just hard and challenging. And yet God promises Israel through Isaiah that even though they are in this situation because of their own disobedience, he still loves them. He still loves them and he's going to take care of them. And the reality is that the Assyrians were powerful and they had this reputation of being unstoppable. But God says in Isaiah, he says this, just imagine them in all of their might and all of their power as if they were a forest of large trees. As far as the enemy, as, as, as the eye can see, rather. And, and here's what God says. He says, don't worry about how impressive your enemy looks. Don't worry about how many there are. Don't worry about their influence. Don't worry about their might. Don't worry about their power. Because in Isaiah 10, he says, the Lord God of hosts will lop the boughs of those trees. He'll cut them down with terrifying power. The great in height will be hewn down and the lofty will be brought low. God says, I want you to put on my glasses. And when you do, what you're going to see is that I'm going to cut down all of these mighty trees and they're not going to be able to conquer you anymore. And maybe in this season, there are some of us who are facing some mighty trees of difficulty in our lives. Maybe it's a health challenge or a financial difficulty or failing relationships. God wants us to see things as he does because these things are no match for him. He still reigns. He's still the savior. He's still the provider. But Isaiah's warning is not just to the Assyrians, it's also to the royal house of Israel. They, they're also cut down as mighty trees because of their pride and because of their arrogance, because of their disobedience. And maybe tonight there's some disobedience to God in our lives where I'm depending on my own abilities and my own solutions rather than placing my faith and my ultimate trust in God. Maybe we've refused to make things right when we've hurt our brother or our sister, or maybe we've not forgiven our parents or our children. Maybe we've been holding tightly to addictions instead of seeking help from the body of Christ. Friends, anything that stands between you and God, if he loves us, he's going to cut it down so he can work all things for our good and for his glory. So all of the mighty trees that represent enemies without or within. God says, I'm going to cut them down because I love you. So now I want you to imagine that as far as the eye can see, you no longer see a forest of mighty trees. All you can see are a bunch of stumps. And in the next chapter, in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10, I want us to go there just for a couple minutes where God says to his people, I don't want you to just look at these stumps and to despair instead Look carefully at these stumps through the proper lens and you're going to see hope. He says this in verse one, and there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. A shoot, just, just a little 
green shoot that's going to come up from one of the stumps, and it's a shoot of hope. You know, my wife loves to garden, and about three months ago, we put what I would consider to be a dead stick in the ground. That doesn't make much sense to me, but she put fresh dirt around it, and she put mulch around it. She waters it every morning, and I noticed that she would sing to it as she watered it. She fussed over this dead stick. And obviously, she has different glasses than me, because that's all I saw was a dead stick. But, beloveds, after a few weeks, would you believe that this green shoot, just a little green folded leaf, starts coming out of the bottom of that dead stick? And now we have a beauty, healthy, cordyline plant growing. I said that like I know what I was talking about, right? <laughs> it's a cordyline plant. And uh, she reads all of these plant books and articles, and she, she knew that this stick that I would have thrown in the trash would flower. And every day she was able to look with hope toward the day that it would. And friends, because of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of the gospel of the kingdom that brings love and joy and hope and peace, we can see life through a different lens. A shoot from the stump of Jesse is going to come up, and that offers us hope. And I want you to listen to the rest of this prophecy about our Lord Jesus. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eye sees or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He's going to bring justice to the needy and to the oppressed in society. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. You've got to put on the kingdom of God glasses to see that what it's going to really be like under the reign of the righteous King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the faithful King Jesus, no more wickedness, no more injustice. And then that vision now is coming into focus with this prophecy because Isaiah goes on to say the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Are you seeing it? The nursing child will play over the hole of the cobra and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day, the root of Jesse, our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him all the nations shall inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. Can you see it? Through the truths found in the word of God, we're able to see this true picture of what life is moving toward because Jesus came and because he's coming again. 
The lamb's going to nestle next to its natural predator, the wolf. This imagery is not just referring to animals, but also to the animalistic nature of the oppressors of the earth and those who take just because they can and those who destroy because they have the power to do so with no concern for their neighbor. But I want us, brothers and sisters, I want us to take heart. I want us to look with different glasses. I want us to see that through the gospel of the kingdom, there is a time when the earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God is going to fulfill his plan to have everyone in the world as a worshiping community, giving him all the glory and the praise he truly deserves. Amen. And so I just I just want you to know that our world and our lives, they might seem overshadowed right now by the trees of sin in our own lives or impression that's coming from around us. But the hymn we sang it today, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared, till he appeared. God sent his son Jesus into the world and through his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his soon return. We can also say with Isaiah that every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh is going to see it together. As we close, friends, I want to ask us to let this season be the time that we reflect on what Jesus' coming means for this world. I pray that we would be in a constant state of hope and joy with this prayer on our lips. Lord, no matter what we see, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A world where there's no sin, no injustice, no poverty, no war, only peace and love and joy and hope as we enjoy the presence of our Lord together. Are you looking forward to that? So I want us to begin life living that way right now with one another, for that's the true reality of the kingdom when you see the world through Jesus' lens. Can we pray together? Lord, we thank you. We honor you. We glorify you. You're so good to us. Without you, there's only despair as we cannot see a better world. And we can't make a better world, but we have hope in a better world because of Jesus. And Lord, we know that you're going to restore the dignity of this world and the dignity of humanity, but it only comes when we have put our hope and our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ and him alone. So Lord, would you convict our hearts today, those of us who may have Look to something else in order to bring hope to this world. Convict our hearts and give us the hope that it's only in you we can find true hope for this world. Help us to see through your eyes, both this Christmas and for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing Silent Night to close out our service today. Sophia is going to lead us in singing. But as we have 
uh, done here at Riverside over the years. We're going to light candles. So I want you to take them in your hand and the ushers, uh, they're going to light the candles in the back and then they're going to uh, give one of those to the person at the end of your row. And would you just share that light with one another? You're going to pass that light down from to your neighbor all the way to the end of the row. And then we're going to stand together and we're going to sing Silent Night, Holy Night. As we reflect on the night that we spoke about and sang about and read about today, this Christmas Eve, we look forward to the hope, the love, the joy, and the peace. And we even bask in it right now because Jesus has come and he's coming again. Thanks for joining us. If you ever find yourself in the North Lauderdale area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at 954church.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching 954church.